Channel F, the one with all the fun. The Fairchild Video Entertainment System at your larger JCPenney. The home entertainment system that never gets old. Plug in a new video card and change the fun. I went to a whole new mic system. I had this uh, floor stand mic. I got rid of all that crap. I got this nice boom mic with the filter and, and all that stuff. Ooh. And the, it swings completely out of the way, which is really convenient. The right. only problem is sometimes I forget, oh, yeah, I'm going to need this thing. <laughs> you end up talking like, yes, today on the podcast. <laughs> Reviewing the video game from the 1930s. 1930s. Yes, we have your first job right here. <laughs> so, you're ready to talk about video cart number 19, Checkars? Yeah, 1978. Uh, one of the, uh, well, how would you put it? Um, another interpretation of a classic pre-existing game that I think they did pretty good at. Yeah, this game ha- is very, very old. I've been looking up some information, and I guess... They found evidence of this game clear back in uh, 3000 BC. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, it, 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 it's it's a simple game, but uh, I mean, you could play it with you know stones. You could play it with coins. I mean, it, the board layout's very simple. It's it's uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, man, but uh, I, it's always like checkers was always there. You know, oh, we yeah. had this uh, you know summer park program. Like, uh, you know, like, you know, parents got to go to work. It's the it's, it's summertime, you know. So the, the park commission had this thing where, you know, basically they drop you off at the park, you know, five days a week and you just run around and do whatever. You know, back when we could pick up a set of lawn darts and go out and play with them, you know. <laughs> oh, the good old days. You know, I scored two more sets on eBay recently. I've become like the, you know, that that um, Mel Gibson movie, uh, Conspiracy Theory, wherever yes. he, see, he sees a copy of Catcher in a Rye, he has to buy it. Yes. I've already got six freaking sets of lawn darts, but <laughs> whenever I see one up on eBay, because you know, they take them down after yeah. like, you know, yeah. they usually get, get them within 12 to 24 hours. Yep. Um, so if I see one listed, buy it now. I'm like, oh, I don't have that version. That's, a you know, I like I like the region sliders, but, uh, you know, they had like the, uh, um, uh, was it the Lexi ones? I'm like, oh, got to grab it, you know, but um, I can't help myself, you know, and uh, <laughs> But yeah, we would go to the summer park program and they had like an equipment room where they had like, you know, dodgeballs, soccer balls, you know, lawn darts, you know, and, uh, you know, they also had board games and checkers was something that like it was there, you know, so I played checkers like every day. It was at school. It was at home. I mean, back, you know, in the day and we did have video games, you know, and people always say all these kids do that. They sit inside and play video games, don't do anything else. Well, that was true now. Yes, most of these kids, they come home, they play Call of Duty for six hours, they do nothing else. <laughs> but we did other things. I mean, we built and flew, you know, model airplanes, control yeah. and radio control, you know. Yeah. Um, we played with gas-powered engines, you know. We, we went out and rode bikes, we played chess, we played checkers, and we played video games. 
you know, it was, um, you know, we were a little more rounded in that regard. Um, but yeah, you, I can't think of a place in my childhood where I went that checkers wasn't available. Yeah. I used to play checkers, uh, every weekend when I was really young, about six years old, we just go visit my grandparents and my grandfather loved playing checkers, but no one in my family would really play him because he would beat the pants off of him. So being the young kid, I was like six years old. He got me introduced to the game and, uh, I really enjoyed it. Played it all the time with him. Yeah, and I think this, you know, that that late 70s era um, where, you know, video games were emerging and, and you know, showing up in homes, um, still a little bit before the first truly practical computers like the Apple II, um, you know, board games were still very, very prevalent. And uh, I think that's why this was such a good target for, you know, uh, coding into a video game. Because, you know, you look at it and it's like, what does every kid in the country know how to play? Checkers. And at the time, as we said a million times, seeing the same thing that you did every day on a TV was magic. It's like it's, yeah. it had the same wonderment for us that like throwing on an Oculus Rift has today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about how stupid kids today are. <laughs> oh, look, it's on the TV. It's better. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, they did a really good job uh, programming this game. The layout is nice and uh, pretty straightforward. You have a nice little blue play field. You got the red checkers and the green checkers. It's only a one-player game only, which is unfortunate. That is because, and, and I, I've got to wonder. Um, maybe they, you know, once they got the AI written, it had simply not enough space left to do, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, two-player code. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a curious choice because it is such a interactive game. Or maybe, again, they looked at it and said, you know what, we got so many games that uh, are two-player that this one we should go one-player because people are saying we don't have enough one-player games. I don't know. I, I don't know the mechanism behind that. It would be interesting to you know get a hold of the program and ask them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's such, a, uh, um, such a great... Uh, port visually it, there's one thing about it that bugged me is that the checkers weren't circular um <laughs> you know but if you look at it nothing on the fairchild channel f is no it's you know squares so squares. when when you look at um when you when you look at the the checker you kind of think okay well that could be a side on view yeah that's right and then you're like all right i'm done i'm good this is okay you know yeah so that's the only to me uh uh deficiency or visual hang up if you will is simply that the checkers weren't round but you know the board is so well laid out and i like the way in the upper left and right hand you know corners it shows you you know the the uh um what am i trying to say the little stacks the pieces you capture i guess that's what yeah the, the yeah the little stacks of checkers you got so yeah that's um cool and that that's because that's an element of the game that uh you know existed and part of it was taking that checker and putting it, you know, on the pile. And, uh, you know, so they represented that element of it. Uh, it's curious. I mean, cause you know, if they had enough space to do that, maybe, I don't know, is that as complex as two player, you know, code? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a very curious choice. Well, like you said, maybe they, they spent more time writing the AI, even though I, I was trying to find a pattern to it. Like I've done in other games on the channel F like tic-tac-toe and stuff. Yeah. And I did notice that it makes the exact same move every time when you first start the game. But based on what checker you move next will determine which one it's going to move next. So I did I did see a pattern there. 
but I wasn't able to find a pattern where I could beat the crazy thing after about 50 games. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say it, but I didn't get to beat the thing because I don't remember most of the rules of checkers. <laughs> this is real simple. It runs by international rules, which means if there's a jump that you can take, you have to take it. And other than that, you just move them up one square at a time diagonally to the other side to get a king, which is represented by a equal sure. sign, it looks like, that can move well, all over the The crest. double stack sign. Yeah, the double stack. But it's pretty straightforward. It's really hardly any you know, major rules to it at all. Well, that was one of the rules I didn't remember. Because, you know, like, for example, the uh, uh, I know you, know, you basically go left, right, left, right, you know, and then hit get kinged, and then you can do the big jumps and, and all that. But um, the uh, fact that you had to take a jump if available, I forgot that one, you know. Yeah. But I spent probably about an hour sitting there just, you know, going through it. And, and, and you know, the sound, is, again, on the Fairchild channel, the sound is ding, 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 ding. only so much, yeah. Ding, 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 but... Um, <laughs> It, it's it's functional, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, presentation's good. It's, I mean, you know, it's a solid port, man. What can I say? Solid port. Yeah, I had a little trouble getting used to uh, moving the controller at diagonals to go diagonally on the board. I kept wanting to do up, down, left, and right, and it doesn't like to work that way. Yeah, I guess, I guess that, like that that one didn't get uh, didn't get to me too much. Um, you know, we should probably talk about uh, a totally separate direction here. Um, the box art and manual on this one. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't want to forget that because um, I was I was trying to remember earlier. What was the other thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned? Um, it, it's such a neat box. It, it's got a, a you know sort of a, a, a you know the action thing like the uh, the checkers you know, jumping. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you know one image kind of ghosted to the next. You know, kind of like the evil Knievel pinball machine where he's jumping over the fountain and you see all the images there. You know. Yeah. Um, you know the board. It's kind of like a you know isometric perspective. It stretches off into the background. Um, you know, channel F logo right there, sort of the, you know, popular colors at the time. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, um, I've got the copy I've got, cause this is one of the ones that I didn't play off multi-cart that I actually have. Um, I still had the, uh, the little tan warranty card Oh, cool! and, uh, the manual, you know, and it's, it's, you know, black and white, uh, you know, pretty simple, like, oh, it's checkers. I think you'll get it. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 a good looking box, you know. Um, it, it's kind of interesting how if you look at the uh, Channel F ones, and you look at the early Atari ones before they got into the dramatic paintings, you know, um, the, what a revolution uh, Atari did with box art, oh, taking yes. it from this sort of you know almost you know nineteen sixties esque sort of you know drawings to you know dramatic paintings, you know. Yes. Um, what a move that was. Yeah, you definitely tell when Zircon took over took it over with all the change in the box art. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because if you look at a collection on a shelf, it's like night and day, you know. Oh, I yeah. wonder I wonder what their thinking was. Because even they they didn't go to photorealistic, they they just sort of changed styles, you know. Yeah, just changed the style, they changed the font of the boxes. If you look at them on the side, you actually see, you know, it no longer says video cart. 18 or video cart uh, 19 it just says checkers or yep. football or slot and the little f logo a little a little f logo yeah so it's it's kind of interesting you can have to see the change in the era when it occurred you know it's funny i i think i picked up um checkers and video whiz ball i picked those up at uh 
which I'm looking forward to uh, Video Whizball. That's a cool game. Oh, that's a cool um, game. I picked them up at a CGE. I, I walked in, and I was, I was we were setting up. I think it was 2007. We were setting up our booth, and I walked over to this seller that uh, I cannot remember the name of the company, but they were the ones that owned like all those Atari 2600 games and the uh, the uh, brand new in the box. Um, they had a whole bunch of them. I'm trying to remember the system. Um, XE, yeah. The uh, you know the one with the the light pistol and the uh, um, oh yeah the Atari Zegas yeah 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 yes um, the pastel colored button thing yeah they were the ones that bought out like the Atari warehouse yeah so they had you know dozens of those new and, and you know pretty much every year CG you could go in oh yeah they got them new in the box you know um, but they had other systems they were the ones that got my entire uh, set of um, um, the handheld microvision, you know. Oh yeah. I walked in and and I look in a box and they had a, a microvision plus all the, the games, all the stuff in boxes, oh. and they wanted like two twenty for everything. Oh. And I, uh, you know, I I took it out, I looked at it, put a battery in it, the screen was crystal clear. I said, okay, I'll take it. And that that's one of the benefits of exhibiting at a show, <laughs> is that you can uh, you can Perfect. set up and uh, you know. Buy the good stuff before it even hits the floor, you know. <laughs> That's what I noticed when I went to uh, help with uh, CGE 2K14. Was able to raid the vendor floor before it even opened. That is the best ever. <laughs> oh my gosh! That made that made uh, all the pain and suffering went through worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you what, it, it was funny because uh, you know I had to run the door and and do some other stuff. So about geez, um, probably about. Five six hours after the show opened, uh, I remember uh, you know somebody came up to me and said, "How's the expo going?" I, I leaned in the door and said, "Oh, it looks like it's going pretty good." And I realized <laughs> I didn't get to do my big raid this year because I had to run the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, but, um, stuff out there you missed out on. Yeah, I can't remember the um, the name of the vendor. It's not really important, but we tried to get them for uh, 2014, and they didn't answer an email. They, I think they went out of business. You know, maybe they're just retired. I don't know, but. I walk up there and they had a channel F and you know, I think that six games that were all boxed up and I think they wanted like 40 bucks for it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, sounds reasonable. I'll take it. You know? <laughs> and, um, so this was one of the early games I got to play on the system. Yeah. When I was at a game on expo, uh, this past summer out in maze, Arizona, I hit a few game stores out there and I, I actually found quite a few boxed channel F games out mm. there. And there was actually some at Game On Expo as well. I was kind of surprised because normally I don't see those that often. Matter of fact, Joshua uh, Kenrick from uh, the forums, he sent me a number 12 in the box baseball that he found for me. So pretty cool, man. Sweet. sweet. Yeah, it, it's not an easy system to uh, come across in the wild. But I tell you who, who has consistently had the most, uh, Sean over at oh, what's yes. the name of Sean store. Um, oh, Across from the Pinball Museum? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't remember the name of the store. I've been in there like four billion times. Yeah. I was just in there. Um, <laughs> it's in Las Vegas. Yeah, but yeah, it's just it's basically it's 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 um, in the same parking lot as Pinball Hall of Fame. By the way, Tim Arnold's retiring. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's hanging it up. But oh. I, I think the thing is going to continue. You know, uh, oh, okay. just how it's going to continue, I'm not sure. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> yes, one of the things I do is I, you know, when I arrive, I, I typically, you know, if it's during the day, you know, uh, uh, we, you know, kind of head over and 
hit the pinball hall of fame and then go see yep. Sean and usually go out to lunch and uh, hit the burger bar up at the Mandalay and then go check in. If we arrive at night, pretty much, you know, I head down to five o'clock somewhere in Margaritaville. And then uh, the next morning, you know, head over to pinball hall of fame and go see Sean, you know? Um, but yeah, Sean's store, um, he, he isn't uh, in it just for the money. He's actually a collector himself. Yes. So if you, if you go in this store, a lot of the stores will say, yeah, we don't want anything older than Nintendo. You know, he says, if you got it, I'll take it and I'll put it out there because he's got the floor space to do it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you go in there and he'll have like Channel F stuff and it might sit there because he knows it's not as collectible or as desirable as, you know, uh, say Super Nintendo or whatnot. And he has got a ton of Super Nintendo. He's got a ton of Xbox 360, Xbox, you know, one and all that stuff. But he does have and gives floor space to any system that, you know, someone brings in. So it's neat because you can go in there. And if there's, you know, a, a lesser known system uh, that you are after, there's a good chance he's going to have some carts on the shelf, you know. Oh, yeah. And I like it because Sean doesn't look at it like, oh, these games have been here for six months and haven't sold. I'm going to put in some more, uh, you know, PlayStation 1 games here. It's like, no, he's like, no, I got both. No. Yeah, just remember, if you see stuff up on the wall behind the counter, he won't sell those. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a beautiful uh, private collection that he displays around the store. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, my you know, gosh. I remember I walked in there one time, and he had just put up um, – I've got it upstairs. What's the arcade game where uh, it's got like a little arcade machine, and you play all the different games by inserting the cards, you know? Um, and you have to like, go around the arcade. Arcade Mania. Oh, yeah, Arcade Mania. Yeah, yeah, that board game. Yes. Yeah, so I walked in there, and he had this Arcade Mania up on the wall. I was like – Dude, what do you want for it? He's like, you know the deal, not for sale. <laughs> it's like that dark tower he has up on the wall, too. I know. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, it, it, it's a, a great video game store to go to. If you're in Vegas, just you know, go to the Pinball Hall of Fame and look to your left, and you'll see a store. So. Yep, it's right there. Can't miss it. Awesome. Well, I think that's pretty much everything we have to say about checkers. Uh, how much did you play it? How many games did you play? Well, like I said, about an hour's worth, you know, right. just uh, sat down here and in, uh, in the studio and, uh, you know, rocked through it. I got beat consistently, but it was fun. Well, I did, too. Like I said, I, I over the past uh, few weeks, I must have played that game 50 times trying to find a pattern to beat it. And I, I couldn't beat the crazy game. No, nope. someone out there beat the game. Let me know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, okay, Scott. We gotta say bye to everybody. So, thanks for listening, everyone. And remember our official motto: Go after yourself. Go after yourself. If you have anything Fairchild related you'd like to share, you can reach us at our new email address, the Channel F Files at gmail.com. or you can go to our Facebook page, the Channel F Files, and make posts on there talking about your favorite Fairchild memories or anything else you'd like to share with the podcast. So again, thanks for listening to the show. We'll be back soon with uh, another video cart.
You know, I heard a great one the other day where, where, where it was, you know, a, a cartoon where a couple kids were, you know, talking smack to each other. I want to say, you know, your train of thought is so small, it's HO gauge. <laughs> Z scale. No, Z scale. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you, man. 